passage in Galatians at the fruits of the Spirit. Look, I got an early start today. I thought I'd be a little bit longer, but we're probably going to get out of here before 7. With the, the heat, we've been trying to keep service to an hour, but we'll have an extra time today. So we read this whole passage when we first looked at what the fruits of the Spirit included because we wanted to understand what were they talking about in context. Now, I won't go through all of it tonight, but if you go back on our YouTube channel or on our podcast or go back on Facebook um, back two Sundays ago, you can see that intro if you would like to be reviewed on all that. So we went through and we looked at um, the whole overview of the fruits of the Spirit a few weeks ago. Then last week we looked at goodness and what does that mean? Because a lot of times we think it means being God-like, but what we, but what we saw was we look, I looked up the original Greek of that word in that particular passage and it was not being God-like, it was showing generosity to others. So this week we have the fruits of the Spirit, which is kindness. So, and I hope, do we know if the speaker's working in those side rooms, Eric? Do you know if the volume's up on that? Thank you. We know that in kindness, the original Greek word means doing thoughtful things for others. I thought that was really interesting because I always hear people say, oh, be kind. And I kind of think it means like, be nice. Am I the only one that's ever thought that? That be kind means be nice. You know, I, I don't know. I kind of lumped it together, I guess, my English version of that. So I was really surprised when I looked up the original Greek in kindness in Galatians 5.22 here. It means doing thoughtful things for others. It doesn't say do nice things for others. See, what we just did for you by handing you this bag, that was nice. But it wasn't thoughtful. I mean... You know, we put some thought into it, but it wasn't a personalized, thoughtful thing. Because what Matthew wants is probably something totally different than what Jason would want in his bag. And that's probably something totally different than what Terry would want in his bag. And that's probably something totally different than what Michael would want, right? See, if I'm being thoughtful, I, I put thought into the present that I give the person or the thing that I do for that person, Right? Like when I had different birthdays in my life, right? When my friend Nicole had a birthday, I got her something totally different than I got for my friend Jesse. Why? Because it wasn't a nice thing I got for each of them. It was a kind thing. It was something I had thought, to put some thought into. And I said, this is what Nicole likes. And this is, I'm going to put some thought into that. And I'm going to do this thoughtful thing for her. But then when it was Jesse's birthday... I thought about her likes and her dislikes, and I got her a different present. So a lot of times we think we're being nice, and that means that we're being kind. And there's nothing wrong with being nice, right? We should be nice to each other. But if this is a true fruit of this spirit, and it's listed in here with all the rest, let's look at it here. It's in Galatians chapter 5, I'm starting in verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit... Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Kindness is one of the ones that is listed separately than all the rest. So to me, that means it's very important. It's just as important as love. It's just as important as patience. It's just as important as goodness. 
So yes, we should be good, which again, the original Greek says, which means to show generosity to others. I shouldn't be stingy when I give. I shouldn't be stingy, right? When it's, my, when it's one of my friend's birthdays and I want to give them something, I, shouldn't, I should be generous because that's the goodness. The Holy Spirit's in me and the goodness is going to come out. I'm going to show generosity to the person, but I'm going to put some thoughtfulness behind it, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about it. I'm not going to just give them whatever. It's, you know, you know there's, a, there's a sense of maturity and immaturity in some people, right? It's kind of like when your 12-year-old gives you a PlayStation for your birthday, and you're like, oh, I mean, what, 12-year-old would have money to do that, but let's say this is something a 12-year-old would do. Oh, here, Mom, this is how you use it, and then they play it all day, right? What they do, right? They give you something that they really wanted, and then they use it. I, I will say I have been in some relationships early in my life, right? I remember one time a boyfriend <laughs> gave me a drill for Christmas, an electric drill. Yeah, yeah. You know, I may have invited him over a few times to help me hang up some things on the wall, you know, and when he would come over, he'd have to bring his tools because I didn't have any. So for Christmas, he thought, well, I'll just get her a drill so when I come over, I won't have to keep bringing my drill back and forth. Do you think that was a thoughtful gift? I mean, in his mind's eye, he thought it was, right? And to this day, I still have that drill, you know, and whenever I see it, I think that was the worst Christmas present I ever got, but it was really nice, right? But thoughtful, like for when it's, especially when it's a gift like that, right? It's something you think through. So why does God want us to be kind? Why? I mean, before Jesus came, people weren't kind. I've, I've reminded you all of this, of the culture, the Roman culture, the, the Jewish culture of hate your enemy. Someone pokes out your eye, you poke out their eye. An eye for an eye, Right? And all of a sudden, Jesus comes and he wants us to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. All of a sudden, now he's saying that I'm going to go and this advocate is going to be with you. My, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to fill you. And I'm going to be with you always. And so now, all of a sudden, when we say, yay, I get Jesus in me. Jesus is with me always. One of the fruits or one of the evidences of Christ being in me, the Holy Spirit being in me, is going to be Kindness. Goodness, gentleness. I mean, we haven't even got there yet. I hope you guys are all ready when we get to gentleness because I, I, I might save that one for last because I'm not always the most gentle person you've met, right? I, I mean, I might be described as a bull in a china shop. When I want something done, I want it done now. And, you know, like before the block party, I apologized to people ahead of time. I said, if you're around me and I start borking orders, I'm just, I'm stressed. I'm trying to make sure this event's good for 300 people. Forgive me now for anything I might say that day, right? But yet, if I have Jesus in me and the Holy Spirit in me, one of the fruits in my life should be gentleness. But we won't talk about that today. Today we're talking about kindness. So, is the Bible tell us any other place to be kind? Because maybe it was a fluke, right? Maybe that was one of the one single errors in the Bible. So let's look here. We have Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility. Ugh, gentleness is in this one too. We're going to wait and save that one for last, I'm telling you. And patience. 
So the Bible tells us not only is this a fruit of God's spirit in you that should be coming out of your life to be kind, but that we should also, as Christians, choose to be clothed in it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I picked out the clothes that I wear, right? I don't live where I wear uniforms. So like today I did the make heaven crowded because I want heaven to be crowded. I want us to invite so many people to go with us to heaven that it's crowded. Wouldn't you rather be in a crowded place in heaven than in a place where you're all by yourself? I want, to be, I want heaven to be crowded, right? Well, I chose to put this shirt on today. See, we have to choose to put on kindness. We have to choose to put on gentleness. We have to choose to have these fruits of the spirits activated in our life, right? And that makes maturity. A lot of times we get fruit and it's not ripe in our life, right? Have you ever gotten like, like green strawberries? I remember one time getting some strawberries and I called my mom and I said, oh, these strawberries are so sour. I think I need to throw them away. She was like, don't throw them away. They're just not ripened yet. Put them in the sun and let them sit a few days and then taste them. Did you know what? My mom was right. Like when I was at age at 18, 19, I didn't want to admit it, but she was right. I put those strawberries in the window for a few days and the next time I bit into one, it was sweet because it ripened up. And see, that's the thing is we have the fruits of the Spirit in us because we have the Holy Spirit in us, but we have to let them ripen up. We have to let them get sweet. We have to mature them in our lives. So being kind, being thoughtful to others. I came across this little story the other day. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a Trekkie fan. I do like Star Trek. I do like um, Star Wars. I know some people do one or the other. I like all things like fantasy like that mainly because when I leave this place, I don't want to watch a soap opera and hear about somebody having an affair and this and all this stuff going on because, you know, I'm dealing with so much regular everyday life. So I go home, I watch stuff that's so far from reality that it doesn't remind me of anything I've heard or saw or dealt with. So I end up turning on Star Wars. So some, this is a Star Trek fact and I didn't, I didn't look it up to see if it was true. So we're going to just read this meme. I think it's true, though. So James Doohan was Scotty in Star Trek. Everybody remember Scotty? He was kind of had the Irish bro, the Scotsman. And uh, he received a letter once from a suicidal fan. He responded to her and said he wanted to see her at every convention in the area. He would see her at the conventions for years and would always tell her positive things. Eight years later, he received a letter from her saying that his kindness and encouragement saved her life, and that she had earned her master's degree in electronic engineering. He said, it was the best thing I have ever done in my life. So Scotty claims that the best thing he ever did in his life was to be kind to someone. But what did that kindness mean? It meant he did something, he thought about what he could do when he got this letter. And he thought, if she would come to the Star Trek conventions, then I would have an opportunity to talk to her. And then he wrote her and let her know. And then he actually did what he thought. See, being kind is twofold. It's not only thinking about the person and what you can do for them, but it's doing it. One of the biggest things I've learned in life is that I think a lot of great ideas, but do we always do it, right? It might sound like a good idea to take 
your mother-in-law out for coffee once in a week, once in a while, because you know that's something she would enjoy. But do we do it? Or do we just invite her to go do something we want to do? Right? See, being kind means that we're not only thoughtful of what they would like and how we can do something for them, but then it's actually doing it and following through. Now, one of the things I did last week was I talked about the opposite of the fruits. See, whatever God wants for us, Satan will try to twist it and we'll have the opposite, right? So last week when we looked at goodness, which was being generous to others and doing something for others, right? We said one of the opposites could be, could be slothfulness or laziness, which means you just don't do anything for others. You're being lazy. Even though you know this needs to be done, you don't do it. So what could be the opposite of kindness? Doing thoughtful things for others. When you're thinking about others and you're doing it, that's kindness. Well, I think the opposite could be selfishness. When I'm only thinking about myself and what I want to do for myself. Well, I don't really, I know my best friend loves Mexican, but I really like Chinese, so I'm just going to take her to the Chinese restaurant for her birthday. That's selfish, isn't it? This no longer has become a kind thing, but it's become a selfish thing. I just really like Mandarin orange chicken. That's my favorite, right? All of a sudden, what was supposed to be an act of kindness and thoughtfulness and doing something for somebody else, I'm now only thinking about myself and what I want, and I'm becoming very selfish. So the Bible talks about that too. Let's look here. In Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. That's what we're supposed to do, right? I got the Holy Spirit in me. These fruits are going to come out of me. I'm going to have the Spirit in me. The Spirit's going to be encouraging me to be compassionate and to walk in love. And he says, when you do this, do nothing then out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. See, that's what Satan wants to twist us into. Satan wants to twist us into being selfish. This is a selfish ambition. I'm not doing this to be, because I'm thoughtful and I'm kind and want to help other people. I'm at the selfish ambition. What can I get out of it? He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each one of you to the interests of others. So... When we have these fruits of the spirits in us, our heart and our goal is to be loving our neighbors. We love ourselves, right? To have this Holy Spirit be in us. So we've got kindness, we've got love, and we've got goodness coming out of us. But that doesn't mean that we have that opportunity to use that with everyone. We've talked about this before, about how there's times where you have to have boundaries up in your life. That's why I love where Jesus talks about, take, you know, your enemies where he says, bless those who persecute you. Pray for those that are against you. I love how he gives us that opportunity to, sometimes you got to just bless them with prayer, right? Because we can't invite them back into our life. So we can pray for them. So I can be thoughtful in my prayers. I remember talking with one woman whose mother had just done some horrible things, and um, she had been abused as a child. And so 
We prayed for the mother, and we prayed for her to become a godly woman. We prayed for the mother to have her financial situation change, and we prayed for her housing situation to change, and we prayed for all these things that we knew that she needed, right? But we didn't pray that that relationship all of a sudden tomorrow would be restored, right? Because that was, there was a boundary there, and this person wasn't talking to their mother. But we could pray that the mother, she wouldn't have to worry about her mother, that her financial situation would change, that she, her housing situation would change, right? That she would find a church in the town she lived in to be a part of. And so we could bless what felt like her enemy by making sure that God blessed those areas of her life. And so that was being thoughtful, It was thinking about the situation that this woman was in and thinking about what were some of the things that if we're going to pray for her, right, what what could that be? Because, you know, sometimes when we we get, we're mad at somebody, maybe we're still struggling with forgiveness, we'll be like, well, I'm going to, I remember doing this. I remember doing this probably about 10, 15, it was probably about 17 years ago, praying for somebody I was really mad at. And I was like, Lord, open their eyes to see so they could see what kind of a jerk they've been. And I prayed that prayer. <laughs> I can find the old journal and show you. Where I was praying for my enemy. And I was praying that they would realize, Lord, let a doctor diagnose them with narcissism so they could get some help, you know? Now, was that really a godly, kind, good prayer? Probably not, right? That's probably not what they needed. And that's not what God meant by that, Right? What I should have been praying for was, Lord, help them have some peace. Help them, help them have some joy. Bring godly friends into their life so they didn't feel so alone. Right? And so I just still didn't need to invite them back into my life to forgive them because forgiveness is not the same as trust. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. But I could still be kind in my prayers and thoughtful about what really is God's promises for this person and what would be a good thing for them. So if we know that the opposite of kindness could be selfishness, we have to ask ourselves, am I just being nice? But am I being selfish in my nice? That's, you know, honestly, I mean, I've done this a lot. Like, okay, I'm coming to somebody's birthday party and I'm bringing a cake. Well, I always want to grab the cake I like. I'm just being real. I do, right? I'm like, I want a double chocolate sprinkled with chocolate on a chocolate edible cake plate chocolate cake. That's what I want to bring. And instead, sometimes I have to think about it and be like, okay, let me ask their spouse. Okay, what's their favorite flavor? I remember one time going over to Nicole's house once and saying, fruits or chocolate? And she said, fruits. So I grabbed the strawberry tarts and the fruit thing, and I grabbed an extra small little chocolate one just for me, right? But I got her the fruity ones too. And so that's sometimes what we have to do. We have to be aware of that and say, am I being selfish or am I truly being kind, even though I've deluded myself into thinking I'm being nice? Because being a Christian just doesn't mean that we're nice, Being a Christian means that we walk by the Spirit, and the Spirit wants us to think about what we're doing. Because if you have the Holy Spirit in you, he'll remind you of things. He'll show you things. He'll inspire you. He'll direct you. Okay? So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, 
just as in Christ, God forgave you. I love how he says, he doesn't say be nice to each other. He says be kind. So that means thinking about what happened, thinking about that person, being compassionate to that person. Yeah, I got to forgive this person. Whether or not I invite them back into my life, that's a whole other thing. But I need to be kind. I need to be compassionate when I think about what they're going through. Sometimes, like, thinking about the situation they're in and why they reacted the way they did brings that compassion out of you. It makes you think. It makes you wonder. It makes you look at the situation. So this whole passage here in Galatians, like I said, uh, we read through the whole thing before. But there's this part here in chapter 6 that I really like. Um, so it's, it's Galatians 5.22 where he'd been talking about living by the Spirit in chapter 5. And he says, you know, in verse, verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. And he talks about, you know, immorality and witchcraft and hatred, selfish ambition, right? The opposite of these fruits of the Spirit. And then he says in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then he goes on talking about, in chapter 6, doing good to all. So in chapter 7, he says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now, to me, that's kind of an odd place to throw that in there, you know. And, I, and I've heard lots of people, and I've said it before, you know, you know, we think about that purely with giving to the church, financial giving. Um, a lot of people use that verse for that, and it does mean it in that, but it's broader than just in giving money. In context, this is talking about living by the Spirit. Now, you can choose not to live by the Spirit. You can choose to live out of your flesh. And that's why in verse 5, he talks about the flesh. He talks about selfish ambition and, and witchcraft. And, you know, what is witchcraft really all about? You, you got to, you, oh, I just say this hocus pocus, and all of a sudden I can make something happen because I have power. Satan is going to give me some of his, he doesn't always call it that, it's nature, spirits, or whatever. I don't know, I'm getting on this now, but why is witchcraft from the flesh? It's because you have the ability to conjure up the answer, because you are as powerful as God if you just know the right thing to say. Well, that's not true. Satan deceives people into thinking that, and so then they get their eyes off of God, and they believe that they can figure out a way to make it happen on their own. But see... This whole context of this is about living in the spirit. It's about doing things that are opposite than what the flesh wants. See, the flesh wants an answer. The flesh wants to be able to be in control. And the reality is when you live by the spirit, you have to have this trust that even though I'm being kind to somebody who doesn't deserve it, that God is going to reward me for that. See, most of us, we want to be in control of our own rewards. If I work hard for 10 hours a day, five days a week, I'm going to get my overtime and I'm going to be rewarded. And I control the amount of money I got that week. But if I'm going to invest in being kind to somebody, maybe people who do deserve it and maybe people who don't deserve it, I can't see that reward. Can you? You can't always see it. I mean, sometimes you can, right? 
I remember one time somebody coming over to my house and seeing all of my Christmas cards. I had this like little thing. I put them all on. And they were like, wow, I can't believe you have that many Christmas cards. I only get maybe three, and one of them's from you every year. And I'm like, that didn't happen by accident. I reap what I sow. For the last 15 years, I've sent out over 100 Christmas cards to people. So every year, I get about 30 or 40 Christmas cards back. I don't get more than 100. I don't get more than what I sent out, but I do get back some Christmas cards. What? I sew. I send cards out to people. And so some of them, not all of them, but some of them send me a card back. And so, it, so I asked her, I said, do you send out Christmas cards? And she goes, no. I said, well, that's probably why you're not getting a ton back, right? So we know these concepts work in many different ways. If I work hard during the week, I'll get a paycheck, Right? If I eat healthy and I stay on a healthy diet and I exercise, I'm probably going to have a strong, healthy body, right? If I put gasoline in my car every week, it's going to take me where I need to go. If I change the oil, right? But now how many of us, we get mad when all of a sudden we run out of gas or when all of a sudden we don't have money at the end of the week and we didn't go to work all week or, you know, we eat whatever we want. We don't exercise. We wonder why we got heart disease, Right? We know that here on earth that we reap what we sow, right? I've never had one farmer come over behind my house in the farm fields and look at an empty field and curse it and be all mad and say, I don't know why the corn didn't come up this year. And I might be like, well, what do you mean? I didn't see you plant anything. That's never happened. I always see them out there planting seed and expecting a reward, right? So it's interesting that in the midst of all this doing good and living by the Spirit— that he says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. See, we remember that my salvation comes from what Christ did alone, but we forget that our actions still have consequences while we're here on earth. Yeah, if I sin, I'm still going to go to heaven. But if I continually lie or steal or hurt you, I can't be surprised then when you hurt me back, right? or when you don't trust me, or when things don't go my way. I might still be saved, but I still got the consequences of that happening to me. So he goes on, he explains, he says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. For those non-farmers, it means he harvests what he planted. Reap means to harvest, and sows means to plant the seed. So if I plant the seed of friendship and of kindness and of love and of gentleness and of patience, I'm going to reap back into my life something good. A lot of times, I'll be honest with you, it's just peace of mind. It's, it's, it's you know, calm in my brain. It's because all of a sudden I took my thoughts off of my issues and I wasn't selfish in my thinking But instead, I took that time, and I was thoughtful, and I was kind, and I was gentle, and I was doing good for somebody else. He says here in Galatians chapter 6, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh, will reap destruction. We all know that we're body, soul, and spirit. There's lots of ways that you please your flesh whether it's sexual, whether it's food, whether it's addictions. 
And if you're just doing what you're doing to please your flesh, you're going to have destruction come back on you. We, we know this. We don't need to talk about a health class for you to all understand about how there can be diseases, sexual diseases, or heart disease related to, like, what your health and your body, right? Or mind, like if you are constantly looking in, you know, at pornography or putting things before your flesh that you want, how that all of a sudden changes how you view women or men or view things, right? We know these things. Whoever sows to please their flesh from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Do not let us become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I love that this is in here because that tells us that we can become weary in doing good. I mean, it can really suck when you're like being kind to somebody day after day after day and you really feel like God wants to be kind to this person and they just are nasty to you all the time. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Maybe it means putting up a boundary or doing something a little bit different, but we will want to give up. He says, do not let us become weary in it and do not give up. How many times have you wanted to give up being joyful in your storm? Have you ever been in a storm and you are like, all right, I got the joy of the Lord. He's my strength, right? What is that? I got that down in my heart. What is that one, right? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Well, sometimes that sucks, and I don't feel joyful anymore. And it might have been down in there, but this storm lasted way longer than it should have, and I'm not joyful anymore. That's called, I'm getting weary. I still know that I'm supposed to be joyful, but I'm ready to give up and have this bad attitude. And he's saying, do not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I love how he clarifies that. He says, do good to everybody, but especially to your church family, to the fellow believers. What is he saying? He's saying... Yeah, everybody, we need, as Christians, we need to have that example of life for everybody. But sometimes, not everybody that's in your church family, the family believers, you know, that's when all of a sudden those boundaries have to come in for some people, right? And it's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do as much as I can good for everybody. You know, it's like, it's like you know, I, I'm going to come here on Sunday and I'm going to share my heart with all of you, but I don't invite all of you over to my house for coffee on Monday. I have boundaries. Right? Now, it doesn't mean that I have nobody in my life because Jesus had 12, you know, so there might be 12 of y'all here that I invite to my house. But, and the same thing goes for you, right? You might need to be kind to everybody at your workplace, but maybe there's two or three of the guys that you enjoy taking out for coffee or inviting to your house for dinner. But you don't bring them all over. So he's saying, look, your family of believers, especially to those, do good. Be there for each other, right? But when you have opportunity, be good to everybody. So what do we do here, right? We make sure that we have the blessing shop available on open every Sunday because that's when our family of believers are here. 
But then once a month, we have the drive-through giveaway for people who don't want to come into the church on Sunday. So then it's open to everybody. But we don't do that every week for them, even though for our family believers, and anybody that's willing to come in, we do that every week. I love how he just keeps saying, you're going to reap. I remember being young and uh, getting my first like, paid job. I would babysit. About 11, 12 years old, I started babysitting. And, and I understand this concept of reaping and sowing. So I remember tithing, understanding the, the principle of that, and taking 10% of my money and always putting it in the, in, the, in the bucket at church, the plate, whatever they pass. I don't remember at the time. And I remember my mom kind of getting after me and saying, you need to stop giving so much money to the church. And I remember I, I was young, you know, and dumb, and I was just like, well, why does it matter to you? She goes, well, if you give that money to the church, then when you go shopping, you ask me for money when you could have had more money. So I remember that was the last time I ever asked her for money. I never asked her for money again. I thought, well, she's concerned about how much money. Let me see, you know, well, God paid me back. And even though it was weird, because I remember the pastor always saying that. And at the time, I just did it because I knew in my heart it was right. And I wanted the money to be at the church to be able to, to, be able to provide and to be able to have the lights on and all that stuff. And it was what God wanted us to do. And it really wasn't until I was probably 23 years old and I remember being a single mom and having the kids and not having any milk for the next day. And I remember, like, I scrounged. So I don't know about all you women, but a lot of times my old purses, they kind of, like, when I switch out a purse, I'll throw the old purse in the bottom of my closet and always go through it. So I remember that day going through the bottom of my closet, grabbing all my old purses and shaking them all out and finding all the pennies and all the quarters and all the nickels that fell in the bottom of my purses. And I put all this change on the table and I went through all the couch cushions, found any quarters, found all the change, and I was counting out to see if I had enough money to buy a gallon of milk. And at the age of 23, I had been tithing since I was at least 12, so at least 10 years. And I remember that was the first time I ever asked the Lord, your word says that, a man, that you will not be mocked, that a man will reap what he sows, and I have always tithed and I have always given, and I need help tonight. What was ironic is something I had said earlier in the day to somebody led them to knock on my door literally about five minutes after I had said that I was counting out the change and there was a man standing at the door with two gallons of milk for me. And God provided that night. And he's always provided. Now, sometimes, you know, our provision doesn't show up in that form immediately. Thank goodness that night it did, because the kids had milk the next day. But a lot of times it does, but we don't ask, do we? We don't say, hey... I need your help. Your word is very clear. I love this. Do not be deceived. See, Satan will try to deceive us and say our actions don't matter. Because salvation comes from what Jesus did. We can just live however while we're here on earth. But for God's anointing to be on us, for his peace to be on us, for his joy to be on us, for the blessings to then flow while we're here on earth, these fruits of the Spirit... If we mature them in our lives and we make an effort to be kind, to be gentle, to use that self-control, to not be led by the opposite and by our flesh with selfish ambition, he will bless us while we're here on earth. See, he wants us to have heaven on earth. 
We lo I love the verse, and that's why it's on the wall, right? John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So when you're tempted to live by the flesh and have selfish ambition and have all that stuff, you're being tempted by Satan. God's not tempting you to do bad things. God's tempting you to do good things. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. How do we live a full life? How do we live heaven on earth life? It's by us producing the fruit that the Holy Spirit is trying to put in us in our everyday life, and we will reap back. Do not be deceived. See, Satan's trying to deceive us. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See, God's spirit in us prompts us to produce these works. So as you work on kindness in your life, I pray that you're not only thinking about how to do things for others, but you do them. All right? So doing something with somebody else, not that you want to do, but maybe something they would want to do. That's being kind. And we want to be kind, not just nice. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. I love thinking about these as bonus lessons. The core message and what we need to know is about salvation and not living in shame and, and understanding that we are sinners and that we will sin and that you forgive us. But there is a bonus we can add to our life. Just like some people like to work and get a bonus at work or get overtime at work. There's something that we can add to ourselves beyond just salvation, beyond just knowing we go to heaven when we die. And that is by sowing into these good things, into these fruits, into um, our generosity of doing good, of, of joy, of peace, and letting those things multiply back to us. So in the moment when normally we would have been depressed or anxious or whatever, our thoughts can shift about how we can be kind to somebody else. And we can take those thoughts off of our problems and ourselves and what we want to do for us. Help us, Father God, to be kind, to let kindness bubble up from the inside of us and ooze out of us and touch all of those around us. In some cases, it might just be through prayer. Help us be kind and thoughtful in our prayers. And in some cases, it's something physical that we can do. Holy Spirit, touch us this week and show us how to be good, how to be kind, how to walk in a spirit-led life and not a flesh-led life. Help us, because it's not natural for us. We, we don't want to do those things many times. But with your help, with your instruction, with your guidance, may we walk in the spirit and let go of the ways of the flesh. Help us as we grow and mature as Christians to recognize when our actions are not lining up with what you want for us. Help us to sow into the Spirit good things so we will reap those good things back. I ask you to bless every single person here, Father God. Bless them with your love. Bless them with your peace. Bless them with your goodness. And bless them with kindness. Remind them that you have good things in store for them and that they are filled with your spirit, and they are able to do these things, to 
to help those around them, especially to the family of believers that surrounds them and loves them and cares for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for your help. And I don't know if Pastor Melissa needs to talk to any of the Sunday school workers, but you guys all know she's here. And VBS is tomorrow, and the Blessing Shop is open for you after service. Thank you.